0: welcome everybody to another episode of wrestling is cool you know what it is it's the coolest wrestling podcast on the planet sancho what's up homie what's up santi
1: how are you doing today man i'm doing great this is a great podcast what
0: else is new <laughs> <laughs> oh well santa you know what everything is new because we're on the road to wrestlemania this is this is wrestling christmas this is the time of the year where we get new toys we get new feuds we get speculations we get stories we get to appear at like wrestling not we but wrestling gets to appear in mainstream for like a whole week it's nice this is like the cool time to be a wrestling fan it's like Arsenio Hall all
1: over again with Macho Man showing up. You remember that time? No, I don't. Uh, you don't? <laughs> oh, dude, it's a good it's a good interview. You should check it out. Macho Man appears on the Arsenio Hall show. You know that show?
0: Remember uh, that? No, I don't. no. You're, are you're you're literally serious? You're talking. To, Hall. What is Arsenio Hall? What is that? You don't know who Arsenio Hall is. Is that like a location? Like a like a like a big wedding venue, Arsenio Hall. I we need to move on. <laughs> I don't want to be all so hard. <laughs> Welcome to the Arsenial Hall episode. This is all we're gonna talk about. Sancho, I've got a little game for you. Okay. I've been digging these little games that we've been doing at the beginning of the show really to get the juices flow and get the, the audio listeners and getting the, the viewers of the podcast, you know, really engaged. What's up? Let's call this the the gorilla position. The ooh, I like that. Sancho, yeah. this is a little game that I like to call is this a movie plot? or a WWE plot? Easy, I'm a movie buff and I watch wrestling. <laughs> all right, are you ready? I got I got five for you. All right. All right. A man and a demon see a therapist and eventually become best friends. <laughs> it's team hell no, baby. That, that is team going. hell no. Well done, okay. I thought I started off with an ah. easy one. Well done, okay, okay. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Uh, Hero suffers a severe hand injury from his evil father and also has the hots for his own sister. I was gonna say, does is the hand birth from an old lady? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Just a hand injury. Okay, hand injury. Uh movie plot. Hit me. Okay. Do you know what movie? Uh no. It's Star Wars. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Hand all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Darth Vader cutting up the hand. Luke has hey, the hots hey. for his own sister. Hey, 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 no spoilers, please. Fair. Okay. Wow. Okay. From what is that? From 1970? 1970... Whatever. We're moving on. Man from Spain. Buries a man from Texas alive. Oh, that has to be a, a WWE plot. Are you sure? Yeah, sure. Oh yeah. Final answer. It is. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this. Kane was born in Spain. Isn't that weird? Not weird.
1: They, yeah. I, I guess. Cause I guess so. Here in the states, you can't be a president if you're born outside the country. No, he was born in a military
0: base, so he actually well, can. can be, oh, okay. Yeah, military no, bases are military bases count as American soil, I guess, and you can still be an american president you canadians and your smartness. yeah how do, do i know that and country? you don't hey it's to your own country you don't know arsenio <laughs> hall next question <laughs> um a regular everyday man is given the powers of god for a week oh it's bruce almighty baby out of way i'm on Bill- i'll come next time i'll come with uh, with some harder ones i just i figured you know let's just come i didn't know you were such a big movie nerd i'm big movie nerd Billionaire discovers that his secret heir to his fortune is a magical leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> been a word <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. That is a horn swoggle in Vince McMahon. How, how how can we get away with this?
1: Like, do people understand that sometimes WD just takes a right turn out of nowhere and you're just gonna go, yeah, yeah, you know you know what was the biggest travesty though was not naming chad gable kurt son. like that would have that would have fixed so many problems (laughs) with chad gable today if only they just stuck with that versus jordan
0: yeah it's definitely one of those things that we can look back on with with the power of hindsight you know it's super 2020 like it was right there right dude you had it right there and obviously it sucks that jason jordan ended up having that neck injury and Jason Jordan was starting to come in on his own as like this annoying, um, mm-hmm. want to do good or heal, but yep. isn't that good of a good do gooder? He was starting to cook, but of course that neck injury really de- derailed everything, which obviously sucks. All right, I'll, I'll come back next week with some better. Maybe I'll do like, is this a Mexican telenovela or is this a oh, WWE tough. plot? That would be much harder. That'd be harder. That'd that be would harder. be way for harder. Sure. But yeah, that uh, for, uh, Vince McMahon and magical leprechaun storyline. Do you think that we're going to get some sort of not necessarily magical leprechaun, but let's call it a magical leprechaun storyline to explain the Cody Rhodes plot hole as to why he decided to give uh, the rock his, his spot, because that was, that was a, to fill a plot hole, the whole, you know, the illegitimate son storyline of Vince McMahon. And then we also had, what was the other big plot hole? The anonymous raw general manager who did it end up being, a magical leprechaun do you think that this is going to be the doings of a magical leprechaun this plot hole are they ever going to explain it you think you said you talk about movies and i think about the movie leprechaun remember that with Yo, of course Davis? yeah oh
1: my god there goes a, a leprechaun in the hood i mean there's just so many right <laughs> <great laughs> the fact that that exists is so <laughs> wild <laughs> to me. leprechaun it's in the hood so well i think ice tea's in that movie Uh, But, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things. I don't know if that kind of storyline has any business in today's WWE considering they're more sports-heavy. And to answer that Cody Rhodes thing, I like that in in Elimination Chamber, he completely avoided that question from Grayson Waller. He was like, what did you – why did you do that? And he kind of glazed right over it in a way and didn't really nail it down. And I don't know, man. I I don't think it benefits WWE in any way to explain it. You just got to – it's like one of those you had to be there And I think as time goes on, when it's like 20 years down the road, it's not going to be in the packages. (laughs) They're not going to put it in. And we're just gonna be like, oh yeah, he was—he was always gonna
0: challenge The Rock, and always yeah, Rock slapped him. Of course, this all makes sense, right? They're definitely gonna skip over over what happened in in that particular episode of Friday Night SmackDown. I'm with you, Uh, folks. Welcome to Wrestling Is Cool, coolest wrestling podcast on the planet. There are several ways that you might be listening to this. You might be on YouTube. You might be on free audio services because we are on Spotify. Sancho, we're like the 42nd biggest wrestling podcast on Spotify. I don't know if you knew that. I just randomly decided to take a look at Spotify charts and like we're moving up coming for for Chris Van Vliet we're yeah we're coming for you
1: we're coming for you and your good looks together <laughs> combined, we equal one of you, all right? (laughs) Maybe half, man, that guy's so handsome. Maybe half, maybe half. (laughs) And at the same
0: time, we're close to entering the Rumble, baby. We're close, we're that close. (laughs) We're getting there, we're getting there. Um, But you could also be listening to this on Patreon. And if you are, you're likely listening to this three days earlier than everyone else. So if you do wanna have access to that, Go check out patreon.com slash santi's app the link will be wherever it is that links go in whichever platform it is that you are listening and or watching on go check it out there's more content over there and we just started the wrestling is cool gaming segment as well where sancho and eventually me as well uh is currently playing through some older wwe video games to mm-hmm. to showcase what those 90s babies had to go through
1: oh yeah and also look at i'm gonna play other games besides WWE that are wrestling. And I, I picked this up because I've been going retro uh, video game shopping. Look at this bad boy. Oh, my backyard God. wrestling. Don't try this at home on the PlayStation 2. For your audio is listeners. that rated M? A rated, rated M wrestling rated game? rated M, dude. I'm going to definitely try this out. And because it's rated M, that means it has to be on Patreon. Oh, dude. I mean, we don't want to get weird. demonetized. So you got to come over to the Patreon. It says dozens of weapons at your disposal. Jackass meets the squared circle in America's backyard.
0: Isn't that kind of wild that backyard wrestling is like a thing that happened in the culture of North America? Yeah. 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 Did you see and that, that, uh, that insane clip of a young Sammy Guevara jumping from his roof onto just a single mattress doing a swanton? No, I never seen Dude, that it is horrifying. That. It's not even like a king size mattress. He jumps from his roof to like a twin size mattress in, in any, any ounce of misdirection. And he's, dead but he's Sammy Guevara so he's good he's a superhero wrestlers are superheroes man did you see when Sammy uh, accidentally landed on Jeff Hardy I like, did
1: oh, oh, yeah. yeah man that's scary i feel uh, ba- I, you know I feel, I feel bad for sammy cuz he felt me felt he was just that's his hero
0: yeah that's yeah, like that's yeah. like if i swant on you on accident you know it's, yeah it happens on a regular basis you know we're hitting we're hitting moves on each other swantons could you legit hit a swanton if you if you if you tried life on the line? Yeah, I could hit a swanton. Like I'm an athletic dude. Like you you've seen me. I'm a big guy, but I'm an athletic dude. I'm an athletic dude. Played sports all my life. You know, you give me you give me three days of practice, I could hit a swanton. I could, It's just it's a half flip. It's not even a full one. It's just leaning over and falling over. you I could do a swanton. 100. I would pay to see that shooting star press no you don't think so <laughs> no no <laughs> that's seen, have you seen Brock Lesnar try what is... <laughs> oh man dude that's still no, out for Brock the fact that Brock even thought I mean he's he done it before but the fact oh, yeah. that he's he just to like I'm just gonna do this ODW. in the I'm gonna do this in the main event the closing move of Wrestlemania 19 butcher it land on my head a, an accident that would have killed a regular human and then just picks up an F5's Kurt Angle dude that's man ruthless aggression era
1: weird i was watching that live and i was just like this guy's dead (laughs) (laughs) this guy has to be dead good times
0: good times all right well we're gonna be talking a little bit about elimination chambers a couple topics that we want to hit on as well but you know we won't spend too too much time reviewing the show because you know we don't want to date this we we want you to be able to watch this a couple months down the line as well if you Mm -hmm. want to
1: you did a review yeah. i did a review on my tiktok we we're talking about the takeaways for the sancho S uh, wrestling tiktok but you know at the end of the day i think we need we have to we have to some discrepancies okay i would have to tell you this let's just let's just get it out of the way you know let's address the elephant in the room all
0: right oh you want to start that way
1: yeah i want to start that all way right, all 100%. right you want to get angry at each other that's fine No, no no this is wrestling all right we are we are friendly here but
0: are you, are you, well, what watch did, what match did you see? Are you blind? Nia, not, what match did you see against Nia Jax versus Rhea Ripley? I watched a very good match, a storyline uh-huh. that was told from beginning to end of a monster that was insurmountable only for the hometown hero, the home country girl, the, all of Australia just super, uh, super plexing Nia Jax from the top, hitting the impossible riptide that no one thought was possible. Thought it, it told a great story. Okay, listen. It's up there with like Hogan and and, oh, and God, Andre. Stop, like stop, it's like no, it's right there. <laughs> silver, no. It's, it's Silver Dome. Welcome to Perth, Australian <laughs> brother. It's not are gonna work for me, brother. <laughs> are you me? Like what are you talking about? No, no.
1: Listen, I want to get this out of the way. I have no problems with Nia Jax. I think Nia Jax is working her way up to potentially be a main inventor. One thing I want to get out the way as well is, it's the equivalent of Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura. When that closed that PLE, this match was not a main event. Of course, it had to be. But there's a couple of injustices that occurred. One, the WWE biggest mistake was making that match in an open arena. Yeah. Rhea Ripley deserved a closed arena so that she could get one of the biggest pops of the year, possibly of all time. The unfortunate thing, that open arena, I had multiple people, multiple reports of people coming to me from my community saying that they were there and it was deafening. What? From TV, it felt like everyone was sitting on their hands. I was. It felt like everyone woke
0: up at 5 a.m. too.
1: Exactly, I was expecting people to have like soccer chants or you know rugby chants, whatever you want to call it. I was expecting that kind of Bailey love that the English audience gave Bailey for Rhea, and there were moments in the match when I saw Rhea trying to get that crowd going, and I think it's because she couldn't hear the crowd that well. If you re-watch it, she's just, I've never seen Rhea so animated and trying to get people hyped up. Secondly, like I mentioned, Nia Jax herself is close to being a main eventer. Right now, she's adding layers to her work. I see it. She's adding holds, which I'll do very well. But the problem with me and that match is that the WWE did not produce that match properly. Hear me out. Hear me out, Santi. Throughout the entire time, how has the uh, the WWE built up Nia Jax? What was she doing to her opponents? Destroying them. And? Squashing them? Squashing them. Correct. Now, why didn't Nia Jax squash Rhea like Brock Lesnar squash Cena? That match could have opened up with the Annihilator Bonsai drop, and then Nia Jax refusing to pin her to humiliate her in front of her home crowd because she said during the Perth Presser, I am going to beat you down in front of your mother. And there was no spots involving her family. That would have There's been no, nice. Yeah, that would have been nice. That would have been the classic thing. Your family's in front row. Let me drag you over to your family. Maybe get a slap in on Nia. I was expecting more of that, a more pompous attitude from Nia. Granted, there was a couple of little, little hiccups here in there. I think their chemistry of Nia Jax being dominant against a body type like Rhea Ripley is not 100% there. It will get there. But all those factors that I mentioned was probably making it not the best match of the night for me. It, it, it could have been better, and it was on the cusp of it. But I would have liked to see Rhea work from the bottom after being annihilated from the very jump. And the main thing, and I know some of y'all out there with me, is that match did not create any doubt in your mind. Dante, did you believe
0: Rhea was going to lose at any point? I'm not no. trying to change your opinion. No, no, no. To- I'm I'm with you. Well, the the complaint that I have about that match and more or less the rest of the show is the complaint that everybody seems to have. Predictability. It, it was right. it was very predictable. However, would you have been cool with Nia Jax winning? Because I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have liked a swerve for the sake of a swerve. But what I would have liked is the inkling in the back of my head that, oh my, God, is this actually going to happen? Right. Is Nia actually going to win? I'll agree with you that I never actually quite had that moment. Even when she hit the bonsai drop, I didn't quite believe it. And I think part of the problem with when she hit the bonsai drop is that it still felt too early in the match. Right. Had that happened you know, closer towards the end, than they would have maybe had me there. But I look at the offense that Nia Jax delivered and it was some pretty wicked stuff. We had a top Good rope stuff? Samoan drop. We had, mm-hmm. of course, that bonsai drop. Samoan drop on the table. Table doesn't break. She goes on a chair. Elbow drops from the chair through the table. Like, damn, okay. And then we had this, of course, great uh, superplex, the riptide. I feel like it just, it as a match... I think it was very good and it was one of Nia Jax's better matches that I've seen, but the lack of, I I guess, excitement from the acoustics of the arena to the people watching at home, the, um, I think the maybe ill-timed choreography of when Nia Jax was dominating Rhea Ripley. I would have liked a little domination more towards the end to make us believe that Nia Jax yeah. was going to win. I would have liked a little bit more of that crowd work from Nia Jax. Um, Cause That's I don't true. feel like we, we saw enough of that. I mean, she was public enemy number one and I just don't think that she was playing the crowd enough. And, Obviously, an A-plus would have been had she played Rhea's family. Because they were literally right there. Front row. Rhea's sister looks exactly like Rhea Ripley. It's actually kind of funky. It's just like a smaller version of her. But as a match, did it deliver? I do think that it delivered. On a show that didn't really have a main event standout worthy match, this was still the best match to possibly close because i don't know like do you really end the show with i don't know the celebration of a number one contender no you're right i i like as i said i agree with you but this
1: is the problem of shinsuke Versus Seth Rollins. Yeah. they had that same thing even though Seth Rollins had that super Rollins moment where he's getting buried by cherries He's getting hit by everything underneath the Sun It still had that same thing because you had no doubt that Nakamura was gonna win You knew Seth Rollins would be the super Seth and he would prevail It's the same thing with Rhea here There was no doubt there's so many options that Nia Jax could do That's what I love about a heel is they have everything underneath the Sun to do something handcuff Rhea put Rhea in a count-out situation, throw her somewhere where she can't get up, treat treat Rhea like Roman Reigns where you bury her underneath a a table or something. There's just so many options that they could have explored. And the the match itself, like I said, it was Nia's best work, and you said that as well, and she's adding a lot of wrinkles if people are paying attention and not dismissing naya when she shows up on the screen she's doing very safe leg drops she's doing uh that look nasty might i add that look nasty she's doing stretches she's doing some work on the outside the the only thing that's missing is i want to see her be more nastier and more healy and and create more of that stigma that she will do anything and everything to win there's not that yet there is not that yet but you mentioned if if Nia Jack hit a second bonsai drop. I would think, oh my god, this is this is it. No one's ever survived two bonsai drops, and let alone one. Granted, that kick out was. So I was like, okay. Yeah, I mean, that I basically <laughs> stood up.
0: Like the sequence of that was actually pretty awesome because that was the table spot right into the right? bonsai drop. But it was just so early on that, like, ma- ma- it yeah. didn't sell me. It just didn't. Maybe sell Maybe hit me. a bonsai drop on the outside, like a little bit something different, you know? Yeah,
1: and a I, bonsai drop on the on the table a sit-out, like something
0: devastating to make you go like, this is it, Rhea yeah. may not be able to do it. Here's the crux of the thing, of the whole situation. This is a B-tier pay-per-view that was given the shine of an of, a it, mania, of a mania, underworld. and that's actually, that, cre- that creates a juxtaposition of expectations because yeah. this if, had it been treated like Backlash Puerto Rico, that's a yep. B-tier pay-per-view, but because yep. of the WWE's recognition did not go put this in a giant baseball stadium in Puerto Rico cuz they got some of those just put this in an enclosed arena. Yes, it was a B pay-per-view, but the the hype that the hype that happened in the show was multiplied a thousandfold because of the arena, because of the enclosed yep. nature. I feel had they done this at a 15,000 enclosed arena in Perth, Australia, I feel like A lot of the problems that that people have with the crowd would have completely dissipated. And not only would we not be complaining about the crowd, the crowd would have enhanced the show like the Puerto Rican crowd did for Backlash. Because if you think about it, Backlash wasn't that great, like in terms of like main event, also kind of like a weird main event that that maybe shouldn't have been the main event. Um, But. The hype for the the hometown boy in Bad Bunny was so deafening, and I would have liked to see that for for Rhea Ripley as well. And I do think that the venue worked against it. It also created these false expectations of like, look at this all in like stadium. Look at this has to be WrestleMania the uh, WrestleMania type when it's only four matches and it's and it's a show that can't have surprises. It just it can't because it's it's the final pit stop to WrestleMania. If you throw swerves at Elimination Chamber. I, you you have very little time to unravel those swerves to give us a mania buildup, a mania feud. So that's why it was predictable. I was expecting predictability and predictability isn't necessarily bad either. Like, for example, I was expecting Drew to win. But were you expecting the Logan Paul brass knuckles that that no. was nice? That was getting us to the predictable outcome in an unpredictable way. I would have liked yep. to see that in some of the other matches as well. And I wanted to piggyback on your uh, backlashes. You can't forget Selena Vega had that
1: great, great moment. Selena was able to capture and feel the crowd because they were right there, and that's why she got emotional. I think Rhea couldn't feel the crowd. That's why you see her reaching out for trying to hype them up because it just wasn't there. And at the same time, you see photos on the internet only about a, th- a third of the stadium was empty and the floor was empty too so it, it, it like it was sparse yeah. in comparison to the amount of surface area that you could put in the crowd and i agree with you that is the oh, i i want the wwe to reconsider open air arenas it robs a lot of moments that could be amplified by the audience participation in retrospect, WrestleMania with the Hardy Boys return. That pop was fantastic. That pop was amazing. But that pop would have been a, a thousand times better in Inside of Arena. And if you look back at it, because I've been doing a lot of historical TikToks on my TikTok, WrestleMania uh, 2 and 3 were in were in Donald Trump's casino in Atlantic City. Very intimate uh, place, right? It was very small, but it felt huge. It felt Awesome to see that massive Manny clumped together in one area, and I think Rhea Ripley de- deserved that. I, I I just feel like the the bit, the start of that match was a little bit let down When I was like, "That pop's not there for Rhea. Why?" Like I, I when as soon as she came out, I was like, "What's going on?" Yeah, and I think it's the the arena as a problem. But overall, I think that the main there's the, we are, I think we covered everything. But I, I have a problem. What's your problem? Listen. There needs to be justice for LA Knight. The man had double back-to-back. B let me tell you something, AJ Styles, AKA AJ Stacks. all you most petty fool that flew all the way across to Australia, that went through customs, that checked in, that probably saw a koala there too, went to see a kangaroo, avoided all those scary spiders, went to Sydney, probably saw an opera, all of a sudden decided to walk himself into the elimination chamber. I don't know for what, the frequent flyer miles to get that first class treatment on that long flight? to walk into the chamber to stop LA Knight from winning. LA Knight had it done. He BFT Randy, he BFT Drew McIntyre. It was his chamber to win. And once again, Santi, once again, the everyday man, the hardest worker in the business gets screwed. And I called it, he's gonna get screwed. And I would like to point out, that this means you were wrong. LA Knight is not going against Logan Paul for the United States title at Mania. It's going to be Logan Paul versus Randy Orton. And I want to point this out. I'm going to say yeah, this they, right They, here they gave Logan Paul a, a real star. <laughs> I want to say this right here and right now. LA Knight could go a year without the title and he will be okay. What
0: about two? What about three?
1: What about four? Because it's looking that way. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. You want a LeBron James being <laughs> here? I want to point out as well that the number one LA Knight Glazer, we will return just like MCU. LA Knight will return at Money in the Bank and get the win. No.
0: Thanks for coming, what though. Mean, I appreciate what that. Do mean, what do you mean? He's not no. winning that. No. Who's winning it then? Sami Zayn. No. Yeah. Sami Zayn with the money
1: in the bank would be the worst thing ever.
0: And he's going to cash in the same night. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. All right. I'm going to book this right now. All right. Get ready. Because then we're going to come back to this episode. And you're going to be like, oh, my God, Santi, you have the script. Because Damian Priest times runs out to cash in at elimination at uh, this upcoming money in the bank. He's going to cash in successfully at money in the bank. Only for earlier on in the night, Sami Zayn, who won the money in the bank, to instantly cash in on Damian Priest. It's going to happen. Damian Priest gets his, his moment in the shine for 35 seconds. Only for Sami Zayn to steal it from him. Something that Damian Priest would just would never see coming. Hey. Because, they, because they don't know what to do with Damian Priest. I'm telling you, that's the real reason. They just need a reason to move on past senior money in the bank because they're just not going to actualize on the on main event Damian Priest. I don't think that they are. That's why he's well, going he, after he, Gunther. That's why he's he's in the tag team division. That's why he hey we went through that entire summer of buffoonery, looking like the three Stooges. The failing cash-ins after failed cash-in, he, it, they're just gonna try and more or less retcon and write off Damian Priest from the from the Money in the Bank picture. They're, he's gonna cash in in the last possible second and then lose it instantly to whoever won the Money in the Bank that night. Watch, watch. What, what if he just
1: lapses and forgets to cash in
0: oh but like that would be that would be so it's because of our truth he forgets to cash it in like it'd be funny but like wouldn't that just bury money in the
1: bank completely yes because it's a terrible concept until la Knight will save it oh my god
0: (laughs) until how would la Knight save it why would how would la Knight save it
1: because dude he would be able to cut promos freely he'd be able to threaten anybody with the belt and he would be everyone would be happy for him to take any belt at that point
0: it's the weakest reason everyone would be happy that's you, why you, that's it's a true. terrible reason it's true. Your, your reason is w because <laughs> they don't know what to do with damien no, that's no, why it's no, i have proof work. i have how to use him? Not, not the proof that
1: Sammy deserves the money in the bank. You said nothing about Sammy cashing in Sammy is not the kind of guy that's going to snake in the grass and cash in on It wouldn't be a snake in the grass moment. Sammy it, is going to be the guy that's like, I'm cashing this in. Oh, I hope Monday not. Monday night, I'm going against you. That's this guy that Sammy that I know. And you know what? They don't know what to do with Sammy either. As much as I love Sammy, and I'm glad that he broke the losing streak against Nakamura, which was a fire match on Monday Night Raw. Oh, so you good! You should definitely, you should definitely check that out. Uh, a haluva kick to the back of the head was nuts. But anyway, Sammy Zayn, they don't know what to do with him. And I and I noticed because I was asking, what happened to that power? What happened to that power? Kind of promo angle that Sammy was talking about that he doesn't want judgment day to have power. He doesn't want bloodline to have power. Then he's going up against everybody. Guess who it went to, my friend? Seth freaking Rollins. Seth Rollins goes all of a sudden to Drew McIntyre and the promo goes like, I don't want the bloodline to get more power. They're gonna go ahead and burn down SmackDown and they're gonna come after us on Monday Night Raw. There's where it went. There's your power power struggle wrestler in the WWE it's Seth Rollins which I will accept because I don't like the visionary, the messiah, the architect, Seth freaking Rollins is the worst thing ever.
0: Do you think that they're gearing us up for an Avengers Assemble moment cuz even Drew McIntyre sort of seemed on board with what with what Seth Rollins was saying cuz Drew McIntyre no. might be the most hilarious heel in professional wrestling right now cuz his dude his gimmick is that he just he's just right. He just tells the truth, which is such a refreshing gimmick for a heel because it's so true. Cause he's like, dude, why are you doing that? Like just be on Monday night, Raw, be the champion, hang out over here. And why are you fighting the bloodline? Just come hang out (laughs) with me, which is like so true. And I feel like that, like even when Seth Rollins was cutting that promo about how he doesn't want the bloodline to eventually come after drew come after Rob, I thought even drew was, was kind of buying it. And and even drew might uh, join in on this Avengers assemble moment, you know? Captain, is- on your right. Nah, do, nah, nah. Do, 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 do. You, you can't do, play on the recorder? I can't, can't play, play on it the on the recorder. I do have it right here, but maybe for next time I'll have that so, ready. Maybe you try. Just try real, real quick. Real quick. Oh, God. Okay. Ladies and
1: gentlemen, this is Santi's at playing the Avengers themes on the recorder. I can't hear anything. But he's playing
0: like a dog was on my. Ear.
1: I don't know, dude.
0: That's the, okay. That, that might go down as the worst podcast segment of all time. <laughs> the mic's getting bigger. Trust me, it was terrible. All
1: right, listen. I don't buy that Drew is going to join. I think it is. I agree with you. I want to call. This is my new name for Drew. Right said Drew.
0: Right said Drew.
1: Like right said Fred. Oh, because Drew is too sexy.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> DM Hunk. You know what I'm saying? You know what's fascinating about Drew? I was thinking about this. I feel like in any other timeline, yeah. Seth versus Drew McIntyre would have the entire wrestling community up in arms groaning. Seth beat Drew Clean at um at Crown mm. Jewel. Seth beat mm-hmm. Drew Clean at day one. And if you mm-hmm. want to count it, Seth drew uh, Seth beat Drew Clean at War Games. And That's... not to mention in multiple live events. Like yes. literally. Yeah, he, is, he has destroyed Drew McIntyre over the last four months. And yet Drew McIntyre has done such a good job of reinventing and reimagining himself that this just feels like a completely different character, where those past losses, like to me, are like a different Drew. This still feels like a new matchup, even though it obviously isn't. That that's really impressive. It's a slick Drew.
1: It, it's not like a entire gimmick change. He still looks the same, still has the same music, still literally has the same walkout as well. It's it's just so it's it's intelligent. I really feel like it's a very intelligent shift, and it's a nuanced shift. And I was telling someone else, my friend, and I said, at the end of the day, this Drew run will be considered underrated because we are so distracted by the bloodline. We're so distracted by The Rock and Cody and all that kind of mess. We're so distracted by CM Punk that we have something special right in front of us that is developing right in front of us at a very fast pace, and it is the reign of Drew McIntyre. I don't understand why people hate Drew. He is the MVP of Monday Night Raw. He is... He is literally saving what this a main event pitcher can be for Mania because of his promo work, of his constant interactions with every single wrestler that he's seen. And at the same time, this guy's the linchpin for every storyline. He, he is the gas. He is moving everything forward. And I cannot wait for his comeuppance with CM Punk. There's no way that this man could bury CM Punk week after week and get
0: away with it. I don't think punk is going to let him get away with get No, with 100% it. not. Uh, look to to keep on the on the Marvel bandwagon. No, you know like the it. you know um, you know the the Doctor Strange scene where he's just like I just looked at the 400 4, 14 billion different yeah. scenarios and we only win in one. I feel like we're in the one of the 14 billion where Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins is exciting. Because any other any other build up to this, I don't think works. Mm. I I really don't. I feel like this is the only Path where Drew versus Seth is an exciting Mania feud, and on top of that, you kind of hit it on the head here. Not only is this an exciting Mania feud, but they're also building up Seth in such a way—excuse me, Drew McIntyre—in such a way where he's going to be super exciting after WrestleMania because we're going to be waiting for that CM Punk return and waiting for his comeuppance. I feel like they—they've set up Drew to have potentially the best 2024 or first half of 2024 imaginable because it's not just going to be a mania moment because I feel like he's feuding more with CM Punk than he is with Seth Rollins, which is kind of neat. And at the same time, he could actually handle himself
1: in a ring with CM Punk. That first promo he cut, I was like, okay, Drew means business. Drew could withstand the fire that CM Punk could give him. And I would believe Drew. And at the same time, at the end of the day, Punk is going to, of course, be true. It just has to. The heel has to eventually lose in that kind of a way. And then guess who we have? CM Punk with the heavyweight title and Seth Rollins. So it's going to happen again. So it's it's a delayed process, but that's what I enjoy about wrestling is eventually they'll get back to what they always wanted to do,
0: which is CM Punk versus Seth Rollins. What about the Cody Rhodes side of things? Because we have Cody Rhodes uh, who, by the way, I have to give you props. I do have to give you props. because. Wait, wait, wait. Let me get in position. Oh, Go ahead. I don't like this. I re- oh no, hands behind the oh, head. Sorry. Oh come on. What? <laughs> oh, no, I'm just stretching. Go ahead. I feel like out of everyone in the wrestling community, no one called this earlier than you. You called no. Cody Rhodes versus The Rock happening before anyone else. Before before the slap, if I'm remembering correctly. I feel like this was during the We Want Cody movement. And you said before the rock turn heel that at this point, like I feel like Cody Rhodes versus the rock is actually the play. And it looks like we're going there. We don't really have too many details in terms of how we're going to get there. Is this a WrestleMania match? Is this a match before WrestleMania? Cause Cody Rhodes is kind of insinuating. Maybe it happening on just TV on SmackDown. Is this going to be the tag match? So congratulations Sancho. You were right. You know, a clock That is
1: broken is right two times a
0: day. You know, that's mostly insulting yourself than giving yourself props, right? Yeah, but you know, when it's right,
1: (laughs) I got to relish
0: it. You
1: know, I want the, the wrestling community to know that Sancho West is here. Sancho West is making waves. Sancho West is grinding. And before you know it, we are on the road to Sancho Mania. That's right. Before you know it, you'll see me on your For You page. Before you know it, I'll get the followers from the big wrestlers. You think Weezy Blonde is going to be the only one that's going to have a sign? You think Weezy's going to have the followers from Chelsea Green, and then that's going to be awesome, and then Santi Zapp's going to have a follow from Randy Orton? No! We are here in the era of Sancho Mania, okay? And if you're on board, I want you to write in the comments down below, Sancho Mania is here. But no, dude, it's just... Listen, I'm not clairvoyant. I'm not like Miss Cleo, another old head reference. I just, just logically it makes sense. Dude. What do you think our audience is? Like 80 years olds? Well, if they know Arsenio Hall, then we, we definitely will know. <laughs> <laughs> we will definitely know. No, but it was logical, dude. Like literally you had the entire world for like a whole weekend say, We want rock, we want Cody. It just how can you ignore that? And then at the same time, Roman Reigns clearly has taken a back seat a little bit in this feud. And it just makes more sense. The Rock versus Cody will put on a better match than Rock versus Roman. Rock versus Roman is like a novel. It's going to be one of those slow burns. It's going to have a long buildup, a lot of talking, a lot of yakking between Roman and Rock. And I'm going to I'll be all for it. If it was a cinematic match, like the Boneyard match, it'd be cinema. It'd be like an Oscar-worthy performance between both competitors. But Rock and Cody... Now, we're talking about some high-flying action. Cody Cutter's going back and forth. You know, multiple rock bottoms, an elbow drop. We're talking about some more traditional Hogan versus Rock type vibes between Cody and Rock. I think that match is much more interesting to watch and much more interesting to see what happens because The Rock can't beat Cody clean. Like, There's just no way at this point of time that The Rock can beat Cody clean. But if Cody, when he does, beat The Rock clean... That's gonna be huge for Cody, because this version of Cody, I buy. The other versions of Cody, even in AEW, I don't buy, but the Liam Neeson taken, I'm coming after everybody in the bloodline, that's the Cody I buy the most. And that's the Cody that's much more exciting, because this is a heel that, I mean, sorry. Wow, there must be a a 40 and slip there. This is a face that is for the first time seems dangerous. Versus like a Daniel Bryan, I never bought that Daniel Bryan was a dangerous guy. This is Daniel Bryan was just a guy that would never quit. This is a dangerous face that's coming after heels, and that to yeah. me is is in a cool angle to experience. Because when Cody said, "All right,
0: I know the bloodlines here. Bring him out. Yeah, I'm here. Bring him out." That was sick. That was nice. I think the better the I think the best comparison to Daniel Bryan is that Daniel Bryan was dangerous to the heels when they came after him and defended himself against them, while yeah. this Cody Rhodes is. Going after them, and that's pretty cool. That's pretty unique. I love the line where he's just like, "I'm not being hunted by the by the bloodline. I'm the one hunting the bloodline, dude." Yeah. I, it, it, maybe give me like some Kill Bill type Is of uh, of storyline where he just goes yeah. one by one after every single member of the bloodline until he corners Jimmy Uso in the in the corner room in in, in, in the corner room in the in the boiler room or something, and Jimmy <laughs> tries to dap him up. Hey, time out, time out. I would love to see that. Just Cody Rhodes going horror movie style after every member of the bloodline does cody rhodes
1: give a crossroads to paul Heyman? oh well let's see the the thing that's the thing like what's missing from the WWE, which i will go into the letter letter segment is there needs to be more of a like more kind of authority-esque and if the bloodline can serve as that authority to cody i think it'd be awesome and You talked about me being right. I would like to point out that I was right, again, by saying that the Bloodline needs Stooges, and it worked. I told you that they need no-name dudes. They need random guys to go up against the faces so it can't be Jimmy and Solo Sokoa getting just destroyed by the face. And when those three NYPD off duty <laughs> I think Paul Haven just pulled that out
0: of nowhere. Like, yeah. Oh, I was like, well, dude, ramp. you're in San Jose. Why is the <laughs> like, NYPD you... guys with you? They're like, what are
1: you trying to say?
0: <laughs> are you trying to promote like uh what
1: uh what's the Law and Order that comes on right before Raw or bum, something? Like what's bum, going bum, on? Ba, bum, bum, bum. But uh yeah, I, I think uh that made Cody look great. And Cody is is definitely on that road. I was wrong. I like to point out, like I said. Sometimes I'm wrong. Most of the time I'm wrong. I thought Cody would be on a losing streak. I thought Cody would be the guy that just Mm -hmm. loses perpetually throughout until mania, but it looks like they're going to build up a super Cody, but this is going to be a much more in like, what's the word edgier super Cody than just like, Oh, my face.
0: (laughs) I mean, speaking of Super Cody, Super Wrestlers in general. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about this. Did yeah? So so let's 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 transition here. Okay. So we got Super Cody. Of course, we know the the existence of Super Cena. So I've got a little bit of experience no, no, with no, with no, Super time characters. Out, time out.
1: Time out. Time okay, out. Just hey, just man.
0: Glaze over Super Cena.
1: This needs to be studied. Okay, <laughs> this 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 created a problem in in that it did. era. It did. I would like you the number one Cena fan in the whole wide world who is not yet followed by John Cena on X. Unnecessary.
0: I follow his only fans, though. You would. (laughs) I'm all about that, Ricky Stimicki. (laughs) You can say I'm (laughs) sticky for Stimicki.
1: (laughs) I love that John Cena embraces those roles. It's so good for him. Um, But tell me about Super Cena for the people that weren't alive or around or watching wrestling during that era that did not experience the gold shovel carrying, cape-wearing John Cena.
0: Okay. As somebody that is arguably, you know, one of the biggest Cena fans with a platform, I will say. Without a, without a John Cena tattoo. But yes, yes. One of the biggest John Cena fans without a John Cena tattoo. The era of Super Cena was incredibly frustrating, even for Cena fans that were over a certain age. I feel like the Super Cena, you know, Superman gimmick worked for the kids, and and it did and you know that's that's their hero that's the guy that's overcoming all of the odds but even for cena fans that were over a certain age group it was becoming very cumbersome and annoying and part of the reason for that is is because as a wrestling fan you want to see your superheroes overcome the odds by being the underdog sometimes because you aren't you know it's not brave to be, to put yourself in a situation where you're always the top dog. It's brave to be in a situation where you're in danger, where you can lose, where you can get destroyed. Super Cena to me was never brave in that traditional sense because he always went in as his theme song says, the franchise whether it was going up against Batista, another monster, there was never, ever a doubt in anyone's mind that Super Cena was going to prevail in some way, shape, or form. Whether it was going up against the maniacal, arguably one of the greatest heels of all time, bald Randy Orton, there was no doubt in my mind that at some point or another, John Cena was gonna win. It didn't matter what you hit John Cena with, it could have been five guys in, in the Nexus, and John Cena was still going to be that frustrating superhero that was going to come out on top. Frankly, Cena didn't become one of my favorites until he got squashed by Brock Lesnar because when we got to actually see some humanity from John Cena, a Cena that wasn't just the franchise a Cena that wasn't always the favorite to win every single time he went out into the ring that's when John Cena became human to me and when he became human he became far more relatable to myself and to so many fans which is why so many people have so many fond memories of that late stage career post 2015 John Cena but man 2013 to 2008 John Cena When he came back from that injury at the Royal Rumble is some of the most frustrating wrestling that you could watch. On top of that, I feel like he single-handedly ruined the I quit matches, the uh, last man standing matches, because even in the Attitude Era, the top babyfaces would lose those matches. The top babyfaces would um, would lose submission matches because Kurt Angle was there. You had Chris Jericho making the top babyfaces tap out. But then the John Cena era came along and now all of a sudden you were a weak bitch boy if you tapped out to anybody as a top babyface. Because John Cena just didn't tap out. And even as somebody that was such a huge John Cena fan, I would have liked to see those moments of of levity, those moments of realism, those moments of humanity from John Cena during the Super Cena run. It's frustrating. Man, yeah, I'm proud of you. It's cathartic to, to let that out as a John
1: Cena fan. Yeah, there you go. So that's what we're dealing with here. And in this era, we are experiencing a couple of super wrestlers out there. Already we talked about Super Seth and he his entire run throughout the mid to upper card of the men's roster. And I think with Super Seth, my only hang up about Super Seth is that he dips into the visionary part, the Messiah part, during his promos. And then he cuts a great Seth promo. It is so frustrating to try to believe in Super Seth. But I think what hurts Super Seth the most is when the commentary and when the angle tries to says, like, he has a back problem or he has a knee problem. And I just don't buy it because I don't see it as much or I don't see anyone working it. And I think it's the the issue to the Super Seth era is there's no super villain, like you mentioned, the Kurt Angle or Chris Jericho, that's willing to work a back or is willing to work a knee for you to believe, like, this might be it. This could be Seth Rollins' last gas or have a match, I, I think what's missing in wrestling these days is matches that don't have a title tied to them. Can we just have a regular match? just determine who's who and where the the champion can lose? Like you mentioned, I don't think a champion losing in a non title match is weak. I think it just makes it makes it more human. So, what are your thoughts on
0: Super Seth? Uh, yeah, I, I think you here's the thing like I'm okay with the I'm okay with the champion winning all the time. I am. But yeah, you kind of said it there. When the commentary team is trying to create this illusion of vulnerability with the back, and then it never actually comes into play. It only came to play with Randy Orton, and because that's because Randy Orton at Chamber knows how to sell. Oh, he's so good, dude. He has so dude, many I people thinking. Him. Yeah, had, I know. Yeah, uh, yeah. The 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 giveaway that he wasn't actually injured is that it was part of the finish, you know, like the, it was part of no. the choreography, but yeah, Brandy Orton is absolutely brilliant. But with Seth Rollins, like if he just won and he was this unstoppable version of himself, that's one thing, uh, that's one type of frustration, but it's mm. a different type of frustration when they tell us all of these vulnerabilities about him to try and make us believe that he's this human version of himself. When, when either it's a combination of they do work it, like Nakamura did in that last man standing match, hit him yeah. with nunchucks, put him through three tables, toss him off the second story of the arena. It was onto a crash Mac, but you weren't supposed to see that. All right. And he just keeps getting up at nine. That's frustrating because then it's not, th- th- then is this career ending back injury even real? Right. Right. So th- that's the idea. So we we already have
1: like known ones and we could talk about Roman for days, but I don't want to do that today. What I want to do is talk about, People who are not been super yet, would it work or would it not work? And so I'm going to start
0: off with super Logan Paul. No, and I I think we saw the perfect example of why it's not great at Elimination Chamber because he's so good at getting beat up. He's so, dude, he's so punchable. He's so hateable that I don't want to see a super version of him. The fact that he got no offense at the Elimination Chamber was was hilarious to me. I was telling people
1: that people were like, oh,
0: Logan didn't do much. I was like, dude, but he was perfect. He, he was, was awesome. He, he was, was what you wanted to be. Yeah, you didn't use his athleticism, sure, but you used his character to the max. That right. was that was impeccable character work at 120 miles an hour from Logan Paul. It was brilliant stuff. So Super Logan Paul, I don't like it. I, I, I like this punchability, this,
1: I don't like know. The, he's not like, okay, I, I'm going to say this name. He is like the Joker, where the Joker is fine with getting beaten up, and that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Like, the Joker's fine with losing, but that's what we love about the Joker is yeah. that he just keeps going back. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's He's good. He's crazy
0: enough to keep going. I like that. All right. Super Tiffy time. Super Tiffany Stratton. Oh, man. I think it's almost the same reason as Logan Paul. No, I... dude. Dude, tiffy, she's ama- dude. Oh, she's so good. She's Here's the thing, man. Like, You, all right. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna little bro. You, okay. You didn't watch NXT. You didn't watch NXT. You didn't get to see. You didn't get to see. Yeah, you didn't. I don't need
1: to. Why? I saw it at Chamber. I saw the greatness at Chamber. That's all I needed, and I'm in.
0: But you didn't see the other half. You know, you didn't see Tiffany Stratton losing a feud where she was punished by having to clean a horse stable for an entire episode of NXT. Her in her, you know, full top. L.A. Ware trying to clean a horse stable. It's good stuff. She can she can be a great, you know, beaten down heel as well. I want to mm. see that version of Tiffany Stratton where she's put where the rich girl, because that was her original gimmick. Daddy's rich girl. Um, mm. they Apparently, they just couldn't find a daddy to play that role, which is interesting. So she was just someone's rich girl. That's a little bit of NXT lore for you, in case you didn't know. Um, Who would you have had as the as the rich daddy? Who, <laughs> who would you have had as the rich daddy of Tiffany Stratton?
1: Hear me out. <laughs> Please, just give me a second. Don't freak out when I say this name, Jinder Mahal.
0: <laughs> I, I <laughs> oh, Go so on. you're you're going the sugar daddy route. Yeah, oh. dude. If he, She's only with him. He's not a good looking dude. Go what? On. The Maharaja? Nah, he's a, what
1: I he's, know, but dude, think about the heat you would get <laughs> he would get so much eat. Dude, he would get like Rhea ripley times 10 with dom because tiffany stratton's with him and tiffany just like eats it up <laughs> and just have have tiffany stratton have like the louis vuittons like the crazy spinning sprees and then always being with, and then but but here goes the little nuance little turn she hates gender. Like when the camera is bang where like, gender is like turned around. She's like, I hate you. Like get out of my face. Like very rude to him. So then people sympathize for gender. Like she's not after your heart, brother. She's after your money, brother. She's a gold digger.
0: Oh, dude. Come on, dude. This dude. is what wrestling is missing these days. Thank you. Anyways, um, because I've seen the how great she is as a vulnerable character. I don't like the idea of super Tiffany Stratton. Mm. Mm,
1: okay. Okay. What about respect, you? Respect. you,
0: you you like the you like the idea of a super tiffy?
1: I do, okay. I do because she she has to let, she's a, the athleticism and mm-hmm. she can do it. She's not just like a heel that relies on cheap tactics. Correct. Yeah, she's a she beast. Can. She's a beast. She's a beast, and she is. I think the ability and her athleticism could put her in a variety of different scenarios where she could beat people. Her agility and the her move set could support a super version of Tiffany Stratton. If she added a submission hold, I think that would definitely amplify the, the kind of like the tool set for her. All right. Next person I have. Are you ready? Hey, me.
0: Super Ivar. I mean, <laughs> I get like, I'm down for it because he's got this. He's got the look to be the super heel, right? The super monster. Ivar stumbles upon a black
1: blood pool. Oh. And he Takes a little dip in it, and he comes out super Ivar, like, yeah, like Venom Ivar. Ivar. Yeah, <laughs> and then the thing about his instead of him like he could wear his Viking outfit, but make it be all symbiotic, you know, symbiote, you know, just black, and then it's just oh Oh,
0: you I mean, know, you know what? Sick, though? Dude. That would be sick as a, um, as like, like a those version? one-off, like the when like yeah, when like, the fiend would come out or yeah, the yeah, demon yeah. Finn Balor. If it was like black tar pool Ivar. That'd yeah. be kind of sick. That'd dude. be kind of sick. You'd be like, whoa, it
1: doesn't talk. Maybe it has uh, white people, you know, uh, contacts mm-hmm. that make them look very spooky looking. And this dude just destroys. I'm talking about super destroys people. And then he hits doom salts like three times, and then pins him.
0: Is there is there like some sort of Viking lore about that? Like uh, like some sort of like super pool like that? Like the because I know there's the Batman one, the yeah, the, the green Pit. will, the Lazarus Pit. I was curious yeah. if there was something, and maybe maybe the Lazarus Pit was created off of some sort of Viking oh, lore. I'm curious. Yeah. yeah.
1: Give give him give him a, another wrestler and make him be his tag team. And make him be Loki. Why not? Ooh. Why not? Why not? Come sure. Have some fun with it. All right. That's my story. Is there any other super wrestlers you have that is not a super wrestler before we move on? Uh,
0: super R-Truth. What would that look like? Oh, my God. Would it? Would, would this be... Look, the way I would see something like a Super R-Truth is... Do you remember the... I cannot remember her name. But again, mm-hmm. we keep going back to the superhero movies. The character from uh, Deadpool 2 that never oh, did anything, trite. but she was Domino. so lucky that everything Domino. just went her way. Domino? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: If it was that version of R-Truth where he just... Consistently won every single match through some sort of lucky series of events. I'd mm-hmm. be down for that. For that, uh, super R truth. How, how dare you, sir, reach into the Marvel side when the one and
1: only Bo Dallas is there? Look, man, who went 14 and 0 and won by a lot of lucky circumstances, falling on top of people and all this kind of thing. But yeah, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. Okay. I'll buy super R truth because. He's already doing super things by himself without even doing anything because this man is about to create another brand. This man's about to create the number one most selling t-shirt instantly. This man's b- created a faction by saying Regeneration X. <laughs> I'm all in on Regeneration X. Give me everything. I, I'm in for that as well. Re-
0: Regeneration X.
1: No. <laughs> and then and then uh, who is the Miz? Because clearly you have Triple H and HBK
0: already in Gargano and Champa. But who is the Miz? Is he going to be the road, road dog? dog? Probably. Yeah. Here's the Pe- thing. At one point or another, we're going to need regeneration X to walk by and in the background. And then it zooms into them. It's triple H and Shawn Michaels. <laughs> we're gonna going to need right. that segment at some point or another, but you mentioned our truth. And earlier in yes. the show, we also talked about, um, Sammy Zane. And we yep. also talked a little bit about the judgment day. Yep. We should also talk about, Little guy named Chatty Daddy in this intercontinental title picture and where this is all going, because it looks like this might end up being one of those legendary, like fantastic intercontinental ladder matches that WrestleMania was known for in the early 30s of uh, of WrestleMania is like WrestleMania 31. Even 1930. Oh, like wait, wait, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. In the in the, I think it was 31. Had a really good intercontinental. Yeah, and 32. They had really great intercontinental championship ladder matches. And maybe we bring those back. Maybe that's where things are going. But we might also have to eat our words because we said that Chad Gable was never coming back to the intercontinental championship picture, and here they are. They're hey. rebuilding him. They're taking. They're even having him cut promos not in his pick out the pink Alpha Academy where He's out there wearing suits. Hey
1: man, listen, don't don't buy in the vignette hype, okay? There's plenty of people like, uh, you know, that have that vignette hype, and that we're all hyped for to see, and then they don't do anything. It's wild to me that Chad is still in this picture, considering he's been literally off TV and been booked to oblivion forever. But hey, man, one vignette, one promo could turn you around. Which, it, by the I, way,
0: sorry to 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 interrupt you just for a second. We predicted that, that after the Intercontinental title picture, people were like, Oh, give it a couple of weeks. He'll be right back. And we're like, he's getting buried to kingdom kingdom come. And they did. They did. They did. They completely buried him
1: and his faction. The thing about what you have to understand, how can you take the title off of Gunther? And the only way Gunther has been winning is just in straight up matches. It feels like if you add a gimmick to it, that would be the only way I see Gunther loses a ladder match an I quit match, a table match, whatever you want to throw at it, casket match if you want to for the WWE 2K24, uh, hopefully we're sponsored one day by them. Uh, if you want to throw all that stuff at him, fine. I mean, that will, by the way, I mean, either a fade or four-way or whatever type of match, I think Gunther would lose, but I don't know, man. I like Chad Gable, but I don't see him having a long reign, but see, that's the problem. And I think you stumbled upon my point that I am working on hard here. I enjoy making content. And Santi, can I can I spit at you some numbers, my friend? Okay, go ahead. I'm going to spit at you some numbers here real quick. Can you spit on me for wo- real? Just kidding. All right, the numbers. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. The numbers, Mason. <laughs> we have been talking about it for a long time. It's been a, a poignant debate here when, in regards to the title runs and the days of it. they held it. And I kind of mentioned this before. So I'm going to throw out some numbers real quick. And these are all based on this weekend in terms of that. And forgive me, I'm looking down. I'm just looking at my notes. Did you know the U.S. title has been in Logan's hand for 113 days and has zero title defenses on free television? The SmackDown Women's title has been defended four times out of the 240 days
0: on, on television. By the way, that title doesn't exist. No,
1: the Women's title, the SmackDown Women's title. Oh, Real's the one movie. that's
0: on SmackDown. Okay, okay, okay. I see what yeah, you mean. The one uh, Eos. Yeah, the EO's. one EO has. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then, of course, the heavyweight, the WWE Championship by Roman, has only been defended one time on television out of 693 days. And let me talk about the wrestlers themselves. Stick with me here. Roman Reigns has wrestled seven times on television out of the 1,000 days he's been champion. Logan has wrestled one time on television out of 113 days. Seth Rollins has wrestled four times on television for the title, And just in general, out of 274 days, these are just them wrestling in general. They'll make an appearance, they'll hang out, but they're not going to wrestle. And I think that's the problem with today's one. Now, Gunther is the exception. Gunther has appeared on free television 17 times out of his 625 days. He's defended the title that many times. The point I wanted to make is let's do a comparison with the Attitude Era. Of Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was probably held the belt the longest for 175 days, and that was between January 20, uh, 2001 to September. Very short ray. He appeared on television 28 times. Out of those times, eight of them were title defenses, and he was on one dark match. He lost to Kurt Angle at Unforgiven 2001. He gets it back at a following Raw a couple weeks later, and then he loses to Jericho at Vengeance 2001. This man, out of 178 days, appeared on television for free 28 times, actually wrestling. The point I wanted to make is that what Gunther has done is that he has appeared on television, and he's defended the title the most, and he continuously to be the workhorse. We cheer for the, the people that are going for the belts, like Cody Rhodes, like the Drew McIntyres, because they are actually wrestling on television, and they're appearing the most. Added This attitude era worked out for me, and the reason why you have such reverence for these guys, Stone Cold and The Rock, is because at the end of the day, if you were looking into the future, and you're like, oh my God, Stone Cold just lost a belt. He's not gonna be a a great champion. Stone Cold only has short reigns. Stone Cold does this. He hasn't had a thousand year reign. He didn't beat Hogan's record. He's not Bruno Sanditino. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Like, if you go back and look at those days, you're like, dude, Stone Cold was an awesome champion. You, you, you revere, you love Stone Cold because he's on television and he's on television wrestling. And my, my entire point is, I just wish that Roman Reigns, who's defended the title seven times, who's appeared on television seven times, he the man has 25 times dark matches because they understand that the crowd at home at the, at the live arena wants to see Roman Reigns wrestle. And they let him wrestle 25 times in a dark match, which is the match that happens after the lights go off for the television. Why can't these people, why can't Eo, why can't Rhea, why can't Seth and Logan just wrestle? You don't have to have a title match. You could be in a tag team match. You could be in a handicap match. You could have, I've seen Stone Cold wrestle like war, like lower lower card wrestlers. We need more of this, and the only person that's doing it is Gunther, and that's why I don't know, just to tie it back, if Chad Gable wins, it's not going to be the same equivalency of Gunther's reign, Mm -hmm. and I'm not talking about his titles in terms of holding it for the number of days, I'm just talking about the number of matches this guy has, the workhorse rate is incredible, and the bangers of matches, I don't know if Chad has that in him, and I don't know if that's the kind of intercontinental champion I want, I would take a Sheamus... I would take another champion beyond Gable, but my point is, if you're going to win a belt, I need you to be on TV more. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, for all of the faults that I said about Super Cena earlier, that would never be won. Cena was on every show, every Raw, main right. eventing, and then having the dark match like that. Like Cena was the workhorse of the WWE for a really long time. There, I'm curious if maybe the the change in this is. Maybe I mean not like here's the thing, like the health of wrestlers definitely seemed to no. matter a lot less back then than it does now. No. I, I would I would agree with that yeah. point. I would I would consider that as a valid
1: point. And if you if you were making that point in the comments, you were writing that down or you were you tuning me out when I was spitting numbers at you. I know numbers are, are difficult even for me. The point I wanted to make was is that you could still be on TV, you could still be protected in a tag team match, you could still be protected in a handicap match, you could be in a a Teddy Long three v three match, right? There's, there's, a <laughs> tag team there's so, match player. Yeah, there's so many options for you, but the 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 whole theme of my my little segment there is that these champions are not appearing on television to wrestle. They're progressing storylines, fine. And you could argue that it's best for business because look at the numbers. They're still doing well. No one's paying attention that Romans has only defended a title, the universal title, seven times on free television for a 1,274-day run. I like to say at the end of the day, there's no Any Given Monday. Any Given Monday, anything could happen. That, Any that's not a Monday, thing anymore. It should be, though. Yeah. Like Chad. Like Chad – should have a, a match again with Gunther, and he should just win on Monday. Yeah. But there's not that anymore. Like I don't understand what happened to any given Monday that Mick
0: Foley could win. I agree, dude. I remember watching brock lesnar versus kurt angle a one hour iron man match on smackdown and the title changed hands like that that is just not something that happens today i'd be very curious what the business reason is obviously like none of us really know um like do they have the metrics to show that you know that's not really something that caters well to advertisers to viewership i i really don't know um I'm sure probably the health of wrestlers and how frequent wrestling actually occurs compared to back then probably has an impact on it. What I'd be curious, you know, would be an interesting stat comparing the average wrestling that happens in a three hour raw versus an attitude era, two hour raw, which one actually had more in ring action, the three hour raw or the two hour RAW? Because the three hour raw has so many, um, hype packages has so many recaps commercials. It's I don't know. It's like a bigger production that ha- makes for sure that obviously has more time, but makes less room for the actual wrestling aspect of the show. Right. And, and I just
1: want to say all those stats were from cage match, the internet database catch me cage. Oh, that's net.
0: cage match. That's uh that's that not. You are now alongside um, Tony Khan in referencing cage <laughs> He got clowned a couple of weeks ago for uh, hyping up one of his matches because it got a high review on cage match. And everyone's like, who who cares? It's it's, it's, it's like imagine one of the, I don't know, some movie producer being like, but did you see that user score on Rotten Tomatoes? (laughs) That's the equivalent. It is, but I don't have the money. You
1: know, yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a billionaire. That's true. That's true. But the, 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 my my entire point in my and I, you guys and gals, you may feel it. You may notice this is that it is it's just I just hope when they bring back the next slew who takes over, if the Drew wins, like there is more wrestling that doesn't have to be surrounded by the title. Mm. That's all. You let know, let me what? just get let me just get some variety in when I see the champion.
0: And you and I think variety might be part of the reason why we don't see the champions so much because we have so much variety. And one of the places that we have so much variety in, in right now is the women's division. Mm-hmm. And I think I think we might be in agreement here. There's so much variety now, and I was against this adamantly, as early as like five months ago, the addition of a women's mid card title, a women's intercontinental championship. Mm. You see this being something that they potentially unveil here coming into the road to to WrestleMania because there's just so much action happening in the women's division. I'm in a helicopter high in the sky looking down in the city
1: and I'm seeing a traffic jam and a lot of ladies are just not getting enough time on TV and they're all being just smashed together into the tag team division. And they need to do something quickly or all of a sudden these women are going to get stagnant and they're going to go off to other promotions and they are going to have a better, you know, uh, career like a tna or aew well maybe not aew but tna type of thing right these women are phenomenal they're working great come on man a and w has been downhill since jade cargill left okay
0: women's division for
1: sure yeah the women's the women's division for sure by the way i would love to see a a super jade cargill
0: oh my i feel like that we didn't even bring that one up because that's like a default going to happen it's
1: like a default yes please Please. But no, the, I agree with you that there needs to be intercontinental champion for the women because they deserve it. And the mint card of that women's division is now reaching the heights of the men's mint card. And you want to see all the the women that don't have a title. Just go ahead and look at the chamber. All those women could easily be intercontinental champion. Easily. And we would not have any problems. Maybe people would have problems with Becky Lynch. But I'm so happy that they're rebuilding that Becky Lynch feud. Properly, please give us more Becky Lynch against Dom because that was hilarious. That was awesome. That's what I want to see. My question for you is and for the people in the chat and the commentary down below. Who do you want to be the, the inaugural Intercontinental Women's Champion?
0: Okay. I'm between you, three. Can you people. say the answer at the same time? The first oh. one. Your first answer at the same time. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one. One. yeah. Well, Tiffany Stratton. Jesse Green. Okay, so that's my second. I was between Chelsea Green or Tiffany Strand. Like, that's like my two. And Mm. a third for me would be one, two, (laughs) three. Raquel. Jade Cargill. Oh, that's much better actually. I like that. So, here's the thing, I forgot about Jade Cargill's existence because they aren't using her, but that's actually a very, very good. Um, I think another great option would be an established legend. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and it's es- a- an established main eventer to generate. Like a Bailey? Ba- Bailey, I'm sorry, this is gonna get a lot of people angry. Charlotte Flair, just somebody that has pedigree in the main event scene. To really announce to the world this title matters and it matters, I like that, and it matters to everyone. Um, True. whether you're main eventer, whether you're you know, you're in the mid card, maybe you're an up and comer, maybe you're a Zia Lee, it matters for everyone. A, a Gunther, no, like a, actually, like, no, 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 because like Gunther elevated that title because it matters. I felt I feel like a better answer is actually Cena with the US title because Cena okay. was, was a bona fide legend, first ballot hall of famer. And when he came down to the U.S. title, it's like this is now for everyone. You, ah. You're a Randy Orton of the world. You were gonna want this title. You're a Batista. You? You're gonna want this title. All of mm. you are gonna want this. And I think would if, you step on Nia Jax as an inaugural? No. Okay. Um, just because okay. I know how much disdain that's gonna create with with wrestling fans, I, as much mm. as I think it's unnecessary, I want this title to to have to be revered to be something that people are excited about. I just don't think that Nia Jax, as an inaugural, as an inaugural, delivers that. I didn't mean to cut you off, but what were you going to say about Cena and the U.S. title? Oh, like, when when Cena became U.S. champion, like, it was... um, It was must-see TV. It it was absolutely must-see TV, and I know people don't like Charlotte Flair, but if Charlotte Flair was the inaugural women's intercontinental champion, that's telling the world that anyone could go for that title, whether you're... It's not the mid-card title. It's an important right. title. That's what I wanted to be seen as. It's an important title, and it should be it should be a vacated title, and then have a tournament for it. Oh, that'd be awesome. Mm. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, that would that'd be, be that would be fantastic. And and and, and, it, and it should happen at Mania. The belt. That's I'd where agree. we add that more pompous. To it, agreed. You know? If they were to debut it at Mania, the final at Mania. Who's who the final two at Mania? Oh man, honestly, okay, it's too probably too late to do this. But if it was at this mania, I'd have Jade Cargill versus Bianca Belair. You want, you, a oh lot of us wanted God. that that big money match. You have Bianca Belair playing that role of the Charlotte Flair that I said. You know, this mm-hmm. bona fide main eventer, Hall of Famer, done it all in the WWE. And then Jade freaking Cargill. Like, you can't go wrong. With either of them yeah. being inaugural champions, you really can't. Yeah, and then, you know, Jade and Jade Cargill rolls up Bianca for the win. Oh, no, dude, I hated that. <laughs> I can't believe that they they... They couldn't think of any other way to to defeat Bianca Belair. When they were the final three, I said, there is no way either of these two can take out Bianca Belair. Jade Cargill's coming out. I was certain Jade was coming out. Somebody was, or maybe Tiffany was going to come back in, a la Logan Paul. Somebody is going to come into that chamber and cost Bianca Belair because she's just too much of a beast to lose to Becky Lynch or Liv Morgan. And then she loses to a roll up. That was wild. That's a that weird. A key... That was a. That's a. That's a it's weird a decision. Flag.
1: It's a red flag. Yeah. I mean, what you wanted Jay Cargill to come out underneath
0: the apron like the Undertaker? Yes. <laughs> Shawn Michaels is the one that did it.
1: No. no Oh, sorry.
0: And then dragging Diesel in. I know. Sorry. I'm thinking Shawn Michaels when he jumped into the chamber to take out Taker because he went through the railings and then kind of like a ninja turtle. Who are you? I'm Santi. I am Santi. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I I completely agree with you. And
1: just to kind of put a bow on it, I think it needs to happen. And split the titles of the tag division, please. please. One of the greatest takeaways for me, Av Chamber, is that Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate, which we didn't understand. How good we were they? See, they were really solid oh. as a tag team. And they, they had some great offense. And they're so unique. And I think they're going to work. I think they're going to go very far if they only split the titles. There's so The same thing. There's already a traffic jam. There's a, like a big car wreck on the men's tag team division. It needs to happen. And I'm going to say this again before we move on to the next point. The New Day have been putting on banger matches and still losing, but they're still great. Every single match the New Day is involved in, whether it's singles, whether it's tag team, whether it's a street fight, whether it's no DQ, has been awesome. They are working their tail off, and it is a shame that Big E's not around because if Big E was around, they would be the tag team title champions. Easy. Yeah, and
0: but they, they just have... They have no gold to go after, which is a shame. It's a shame. They need to split those titles. And and you know what? I love that jean look. You know me. That, that's if you a wrestling jeans. You're looking good, dude. That, that's a that's a Shawn Michaels 2002 look. He, they, they even um, Xavier Woods even did the top rope elbow drop through a table to the outside, exactly The exact move that Shawn Michaels did at, at SummerSlam 2002. I saw I I knew it immediately. That's the first PLE that I've ever seen. So it's it's tattooed in the back of my head. Oh, but you do have a John Cena tattoo. I don't. I see it. Do you? It's invisible. Oh, I have an invisible uh, John Cena tramp stamp. <laughs> it's it's just in the, my lower back. You can't see me. <laughs> you can't see me. Why do you Why do you do it like that? Because that's the way you said it. You had a little like a ooh. Um. Ooh. Your little tippy-type mind there, brother. You know, let's 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 wrap this up. Uh, shall we get to the cool segments of the week? Yeah, sure. You Can have I one? Start? Yeah, go ahead. Yes,
1: and be I'm honest because I don't but, have one yet. No, I,
0: I hear you. You'll hit <laughs> okay. it.
1: Here is who I think is cool, and I'm hoping this works: Greg Miller is cool, Ooh, to a WWE superstar. WWE superstar hosts of the coolest show in the WWE, this is awesome, is cool. Have you ever seen the up, up, down, down ratings things that they've revealed? Yes. If you watch them, they are hilarious. There's a lot of moments that he has with... AJ Styles, uh, with Drew McIntyre, with Drew McIntyre is like, oh, you're 6'2, you're a big fella, man. You you could really, he yeah. charms Greg. Omos walking out when he hears his rating. <laughs> yeah, so many great things. And at the end of the one is New Day, all of a sudden, just like, like because he always gets trounced by New Day. And one of my favorite things that happened on Kind of Funny, which, if you didn't know, Santi appeared in Wrestling, WrestleMania in Review, in which I will my episode's coming up soon. They go into the Kind of Funny studio, both Xavier Woods and Kofi uh, Kingston. They played him in video games in Tekken uh, for a blessing on one of their hosts. But they go to Greg. I was like, are you ready to get those cheeks clap? And it was the most funniest <laughs> thing I ever heard because the way he said it, you're going to get your cheeks clap. And it's so funny because like Greg's really good at understanding how wrestling works and how kayfabe works and really playing the heel. He really reminds me of a... Like he could, if he would ever get called in, like ever be a valet or a manager, he could be like a Jim Cornette esque guy. I could see him with. He the has the look, racket. the Jim Cornette he look. Ha- <laughs> he has the Jim Cornette look. He he has that voice, and he understands how to cut a promo. He's done it so many times. He has feuds with wrestlers already, uh, even with JBL. There's there's just so many good things going for Greg as a, a WWE superstar, and. I I hope he gets his wish as a as a longtime friend of him and a fan of him. I hope he gets his wish and gets in the ring because I think all he wants to do is take a bump. Like I think that's all he wants to do take a pie to the face something because I think he deserves it. I'm gonna sneeze. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm 100% with you. Um, I always refer to Greg Miller when people say you're going nowhere with this. You're just a mark. I'm like first of all. All right, Greg Miller is a mark, and now he's on the WWE Superstar site. All right, anything yep. is possible. He has yep. paved the way for marks all around the world. In Canada, Timbuktu, down in Chile, in, in Indonesia, wrestling marks can make something out of themselves. And Greg Miller is that North star now that all marks are following <laughs> where he's been hit with it with a guitar by what, by Jeff Jarrett oh, feuded oh, with, with JBL. This man's done Dude, it all he, as a mark.
1: <laughs> he took that guitar hit like a champ. It was nasty. He took off his glasses first, which I thought was funny, but that, 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 that just really, it just shows you that. I think if, if you keep at it and you have, which I understand, and you you could hear it from multiple wrestlers is that the WWE wants you to make a name for yourself somewhere else. If you could do that and bring it into the WWE, they're more than willing to bring you in. So that's what we're doing here, man. That's what we're a part of here. The wrestling is cool, and you are a part of that. The patrons, the people that comment, the people that look forward, the people that reach out to us, that watch our watch parties, that you know, that hang out with us, and. Interact with us in an organic, positive way on TikTok, all those kind of fun things. You are a part of this, and one day, Drew McIntyre, willing if he prays for us, we will be on a show, somewhere, or we will have a show, which would be crazy.
0: You're definitely far more TV friendly than me. I would be so like I, I, you would need some work, I,
1: like in terms of like you know like a little bit of uh... a little
0: bit of a uh, of TV polish a little bit of tv polish but like if they were to be like wrestling is cool who who, one of you can come on i wouldn't even think twice i wouldn't even make it i wouldn't even try and debate for myself i'd be like it's sancho but like if you do get on you better be waving that wrestling is cool flag i'm just saying oh for sure you better be waving it but you know you gotta uh, the what's one of the things man we gotta i'm pretty good at recognizing my own strength and, and and weaknesses I know exactly what my weaknesses are. I know where my strengths lie. And I can see that in terms of appearing and working with the WWE one day, you've got it more than me right now. No,
1: no, 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 no. Don't cut yourself short, man. I I seen you do some interviews. You're getting there. You're working on it.
0: You got that nice interview with- But I'm not an interviewer, and I don't want to be an interviewer. Where do you see yourself if you're in the WWE? I don't see myself in the WWE.
1: Not at all, like not, not all. in a, not like at a pre-show, like, Hey, we cut to Santi. to you. You cut, you cut a, you know, a thoughts on Booker T that you, you don't see yourself. I don't see that. No. you just see yourself as the man of the people, the, the people's champion?
0: Yes. I, I, I like right now I've had, um, if you're listening this deep into the show, you're obviously a fan. So this is all interesting to you. Something that I've liked about what I do is that I've had numerous opportunities to make good relationships with wrestlers and I Uh do actively try and avoid those relationships because I just don't want me being friends with X, Y, or Z to taint my opinion on what they do on television. I want my opinion to be as authentic as, as possible. And I, to a degree, I believe that being separated from the personal aspect of professional wrestling and the wrestlers themselves, I'd be doing the wrestlers themselves better justice when I'm gushing about them because then no one will ever think he's just gushing about them because he's homies with them because, you know, they've done work together in the past. No, if I'm gushing about a wrestler, it's because I I am acknowledge, acknowledge that they're doing a fantastic job. However, I also don't want to be handcuffed when I want to talk about something that wasn't very good. And I don't want to prevent myself and prevent my listeners from hearing my genuine thoughts, even if they're not necessarily super positive, just because I don't want to tarnish a relationship with somebody. So that's where I, I'm at. I, I,
1: I see what your point is. I think that if you're a wrestler and if you are like, I don't, I've watched a lot of Chris Van Vliet. I haven't yet seen him be critical of any mm-hmm. wrestler yeah. in any kind of way. And that could be his choice, but I don't think I would discredit anything he says about a wrestler if he said them about it. And at the same time, I don't think people would have a problem with him if he says, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing what you're trying to do. I think the main thing, and if you're listening, and if you are a wrestler, if you're a pro wrestler, is that when I speak about what's happening in wrestling, it's not about you as a person or you as a gimmick it's just more about what your character is doing in that current storyline mm. or run in ring work i don't know anything about i've never been a wrestler i never produced a wrestling show the only thing i gotten close to actual wrestling was i was asked to be a referee at some some small texas bingo hall thing which i wish i could have done that would um, you didn't do it no it oh, was, that been okay, awesome Quick story. So I was, I'm working at a bar at, at the Dizzy Rooster, which is a bar in Austin, Texas on 6th Street. One of our door guys, he was a wrestler in that promotion. And he's like a big, like six foot six, six foot seven guy, lean, cut guy. And he's a good looking dude. And he was like, Hey, man, if I t- we talked about wrestling, he's like, Hey, man, if you ever, ever down, you come on by. I will teach you how to be a referee. You could be a referee in our promotion. And I was like, oh, man, I, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm working at the bar late nights because it would have conflicted my schedule. But looking back on it, I wish I did, dude. It'd just be really cool just to be involved in that and be involved in that world to understand uh, the nuances of a lot of things versus just hearing it from other people yeah. and observing it and watching it. But no, so I don't know any of that. I don't I don't know how to book. You know, you know I'm just here as as a fan, like everybody else is here. And at the same time, I mean no no ill harm into what you do. And, of course, I absolutely respect everything that you put your body through and everything yeah, that you do and the sacrifice that yeah. you do because, you know, that's a true grind being on the road for that many uh, days. But, Santi, just put it back on you. I think you could have those relationships, and I think you should not limit yourself. And I understand that. Yeah. I understand you want to be like a, a, cr- a critic and you want to have those uh, non-biases things. But people are gonna talk about you and people are gonna form their own opinion about you whether you like it or not. So if you wanna have those relationships and you wanna get to know a wrestler, and you want to you know ch- chum it up with randy wharton don't stop yourself man it's like i think, think that's gotta, fair i, I will say like one more thing on this earth
0: like i i also think i understand my value in this uh, in this community and i feel like ecosystem it, in the, yeah and the ecosystem of professional wrestling and i think it's part of the reason why wrestling is cool is doing as well as it's doing why um, my channel is doing as well as it's doing is because i'm just one of the fellas one of the people that are watching mm. at home i just happen to have a platform i don't have any backstage access i don't have any insider information i'm not mm-hmm. chummy with 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 or homies with any professional wrestler i'm just just like the viewer just like the listener, just a guy that happens to be a fan of professional wrestling. And mm. I feel like that's what's gravitating people to, to this particular podcast that we don't have experience of professional wrestling, that we are talking about it from the same eye level and point of view as everyone wow. else at home with, and, and, and I do feel like there's a big space for that right now, especially with how sure. much boom there is in the world of professional wrestling and professional wrestling content creation, because prior to people like me and other content creators that are starting to to pop along, the only wrestling content creators were either wrestling groups that were talking about the news or actual wrestlers themselves, which, yep. it, which is cool. It's really cool to get that insider info, but there's no, you can't relate to that person. You're not on the same level as Jericho, you know, when he's doing his let talk me, as Jericho podcast.
1: Let me tell you about the way things used to be in the locker room. Yeah, but Those first days. let me tell you about Blue Apron. no yeah i think we're seeing it it's a it's a new era in entertainment and coverage we're seeing the espns of the world lose their audience to content creators and other people on the internet we're seeing the pat mcafee's getting a little bit more organic television ratings because they are the everyday man they're the they're the people that just watch sports like we do we don't hold ourselves above anybody you know that that's that's what i enjoy as well uh and you know, I do understand.
0: Oh, I think I lost Sancho here for a second. Uh, no, no, you're did.
1: back. No, no, I'm back. Yeah, you're good. I don't good. think you should. I don't think you should. I, I think you you are. You have the potential to be on television. Okay. If if you if someone wants to come to us and say, I have a bag full of money
0: and I want you to be on TV. We could do it. Well, I didn't think I didn't know we were getting paid. All right, I'm the people. I don't care about the people. There's a bag. I didn't know there was a bag here. Money, money, <laughs> money, money, money. Oh man, the million it, dollar man. Good stuff. Yeah, man. I, I, I. Here's what I've always said about my uh, about myself and what I do, and it, it. <sighs> I, I, I can be wrong. I and, and it's very well that okay I, very wrong. well that I am. Um, okay I value more critic, uh, excuse me, uh, user reviews of restaurants than I do the reviews from uh, food savants. Oh. I value movie reviews from the average Joe on YouTube that's talking about the movie he just saw than mm. you know IGN or or some. You know, critique, uh, critique website mm, or anything mm, like that. Mm, mm, I value the the opinion of the person that is actually having to pay to have access to the content that we are all wanting to see. I value the opinion of the person that does that isn't being paid to review that thing. Mm. It's just, it feels like a, a bit more authentic, and I could be wrong, I, I think I, it, there is a world where maybe I can maintain that while still having those uh, deeper professional relationships. Yeah. But right now, I, can... I know that's my value. I know that's what I provide. I see that. I think there will be a
1: day that we could add pro wrestlers into this podcast and maintain that yeah. home-style cooking and just be up front, be like, hey, Cody,
0: What's going on with the plot hole? <laughs> you know what? I mean? <laughs> you know what though? You know what I've always what what I have envisioned as a as a fun type of interviewer. Like if I were to go to any of these events and I'd have access to 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 do those okay. like three four minute interviews with wrestlers at like a two k yeah, show like a, or anything,
1: like a Triumph Dog thing. Yeah, go sure.
0: Ahead. I would love to prior to the cameras rolling, being like, hey, listen what I want is to try and conduct a professional interview, but I would love for you to just be in character the whole time. Like I, I, I don't want to ruin the illusion for the viewer. I want to maintain the illusion of what's going on in on screen, even yes. in this interview. You know, if I'm, if, if I'm talking to solo Sokoa, you know, and I, and I ask him about what his favorite ice cream is. I want him to be brooding. Oh, I love uh, vanilla and almonds. Hmm. Ah, thumb out. You know, I I would like to to. I think that'd be kind of a a, a neat what's angle your, for interviewing. <laughs>
1: what's what's your favorite fairy tale? Solo Sokoa? I don't I
0: don't like any stories. I don't want to see them finished. Yeah.
1: Dun 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 dun. <laughs> so I I highly recommend watching Greg Miller in those up up down down stuff. If you if you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about, because he does that perfectly, mm-hmm. perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he even asks. He he just
0: goes into it. But Santi. At the end of the day, don't cut yourself short, son. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I think we should finish it there. I feel like, uh, I know, like, we haven't done my cool thing of the week, but it's just not going to, let's do it super quick. It was about, it was about you. It was about me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll keep this one super quick. I want to say Liv Morgan is cool. I feel like she's great. I feel like since she's come back, don't you feel like her moveset has become a little bit more crafty, a little bit more smart? A little bit more maybe understanding that there's these other women that are so much bigger and stronger than her. So she's finding ways to leverage her brains as opposed to trying to just go blow for blow with these with these other monsters of the division, which is even though I didn't like it, I think it suits her well that she beat Bianca with a roll up. I think that's pretty neat. I think it's pretty neat that she was the one that eliminate that she got crafty, got smart, hit an oblivion on the on the side of the ring against uh, um, against Jade Cargill, who, somebody who was would have been impossible to eliminate, but the craftiness all, of Liv Morgan tippy. got in there. You talking about Tiffy? What about Tiffy? You said Jade. No, she eliminated, no, sorry. I'm talking rumble now. She eliminated Jade ah. Cargill from the rumble Oh yeah, 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 yeah um, it, by hitting the oblivion to the side and then Jade just sort of rolled out because of it. I was, I was like, <laughs> she wasn't in the chamber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. I <laughs> just like that. She's come back maybe understanding. Um, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm just seeing this as a viewer. I don't actually know the nuances of the in-ring performance or anything like that. It's just what I'm seeing from home. I'm seeing somebody that understands the limitations of, the fact that she's much smaller and, and shorter than some of these other bigger-than-life characters that are around her. And she's having to find different ways to win as opposed to trying to just meet them in the middle of the ring and having a traditional fighting fighting match or right. wrestling match. No, I, I totally see that. I think she's,
1: like the Elix- she's doing like Alexa Bliss a little bit. Alexa Bliss was a little bit crafty mm-hmm. with her heel work and crafty with her moveset. And I think it's definitely added value to her because now she's standing out as a unique talent. Yeah. And I think it adds a little longevity to her. We've seen that, you know, turnbuckle sunset flip power bomb that she's adding. So that adds a little bit more power to her. Kind of like a squirrel girl. We want to continue the Marvel type of thing. She is definitely going to be. <laughs> I'm a sorry. You made movie. that up.
0: Squirrel so look girl? It up. Look it up. Look okay. it up, Dumbo. Look it up, Dumbo. Squirrel up. girl. That's so look fake. Look it up, Dumbo. All right. Look it up. Okay. Fun fact: um, Yes, there is a in my hometown of Saint Thomas, Ontario. In case you didn't know, that sounds, that
1: sounds like a fake town. But go ahead.
0: Oh, it's going to sound even more fake uh, when it when you roll into the town. There isn't just a welcome to Saint Thomas sign. There's a big elephant statue because Dumbo, you know the the the, the Disney elephant, uh, was so- based off a real life circus elephant from the Chicago Circus named Jumbo, Jumbo the elephant. And they were doing a touring circus. The Chicago Circus was in Saint Thomas, and um, he got run over by a train in Saint Thomas. We killed. Wow! Wow! Dumbo, way jumbo. To in,
1: way to end the show on a downbeat.
0: <laughs> Thanks. Um, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode <laughs> of Wrestling Is Cool, <laughs> the coolest wrestling podcast on the planet. Uh, Sancho, you're working on a bunch of things right now. I know you're doing. You're still doing your your the traditional stuff, but now you're into the wrestling into the wrestling world not just one foot in you're in so tell I'm us in. what are you working in so on my TikTok tock page
1: because i've always mentioned this before it is the wild west we're doing sancho west wrestling but we're doing like a variety of different things yes we're doing the reactions and i'm adding wrap-ups so i did wrap-ups for smackdown raw and the illumination chamber but i'm also doing a variety of different things testing in waters to see what sticks and for today and until mania the 40 days until mania i'm doing Things that I've seen from each Mania leading up to it. So 40, 40 Manias, 40 things. And I'm already did WrestleMania 1. And the, the thing that I noticed is I did not know that there was a $15,000 body slam bet between Big John Stug and uh, Andre the Giant. And I thought it was really cool. And I kind of pulled things out. Sometimes I'll cover, like, the main event or I'll cover, like, the obvious answer for that Um uh, For that WrestleMania, but there's a lot of things that I didn't know about. Uh, One of them was Roddy Piper fighting Mr. T in a boxing match. I did not
0: know that existed. WrestleMania 2.
1: Yes, I did not know that it existed. So there's so many interesting things uh, that I want to explore. And if you want to tag along with me, it's Sandra West Wrestling. But please, I want to make this plea to the Wrestling is Cool community. There's at least 10,000 of you that listens, and maybe half of you have a TikTok. Follow my page so I could go live on TikTok as well, because I am about no, you're 7, there.
0: 7,000. No, 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 you no. can I, go. I, I, you can no, go, no, live I can't 1000. go live at one thousand. Yes, you I can can't go live.
1: Not with the, the, the computer. I can't go
0: live. It won't oh, let me. Oh, you tried. need ten thousand for TikTok I need 10, Studio. 000.
1: Yep. Oh, didn't know that. So I need I need ten thousand to go live in the studio, so I could have the proper audio and the thing going in with my camera and whatnot. So if you're out there, hey man, come on by and watch a couple of things, and I think you will enjoy the wrap ups as well. It's about three to four minutes. I covered literally everything that happens on Raw and SmackDown. So please do.
0: Folks, this has been Wrestling is Cool. Make sure to leave us a like on YouTube. Make sure to leave us a positive review on whichever platform that you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music. I saw a couple of you that your choice of device is your watch. What? Bizarre absolutely watch and then uh, bluetooth i guess but like if you have your watch you don't you have your phone anyways i'm not judging them i'm just saying there's there's there is like a 0.03 percent of of audio listeners that are on their watch who are you (laughs) (laughs) who are you (laughs) come out (laughs) all right take care everybody and be good to somebody cheers Hey, folks, hopefully you enjoyed that episode of Wrestling in School. A special extra thank you goes to those Patreon producers at the $15 tier that are helping Sancho and I be able to do this as regularly as we do. So that special shout out and thank you goes to 2022 Benjamin, Ben Calloway, Blake, Buckso, CB, Chris the Postman, Cody Cook, Connor Williamson, Gavin Alves, Liana, Jonah Reed, Jonathan Daly, Lil Shifu, Lucas Wittenhagen, Mako Mac Gaming, Malik Graham, Monte Moore, Nicholas Kyle, Ollie, Owen Miller, Papaya King, Ricardo Huez, Robert Dalton, Rodolfo Reyes, Ryan Yelovic, Stuckey, Super Malachi Galaxy, Tom Lehman, Two Crown, Wesley Simpson, Whip One, Xavier Izquierdo, Yellow One, Quanton York, Zapoya, Zapola, 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 and Zerg Zito. Thank you all so much for supporting the show and making it what it is today. Take care, everybody.